Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Bam, which means it has to be Thursday. If you don't know, we do a daily financial show seven days a week. It has almost been three years or 1,000 days in a row. So if that excites you, do me a favor, hit thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and always feel free to leave comments uh, or even links to articles that you think would be interesting to read. I, uh, I appreciate all my interactions and do my best to reply to each and every comment. On top of that, uh, we had a record viewing, or I should say record listens on the podcast. Yes, folks, we have this YouTube channel, One Rental at a Time, but we also take the video and flip it over to a podcast. We actually had 90,000 listens last week. So seven-day period averaged about 13 listens a day. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, thank you very much. Appreciate the support. Uh, you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, as we are looking at the daily financial news, it is Thursday. So let's talk about unemployment claims. Uh, they continue to improve. Uh, this is now without question a trend. Uh, it is four or five weeks in a row with each week being a little bit better than the week before. And I think it's three weeks in a row where it's actually been better than forecast. This week is no exception. We came in at 269,000 new claims uh, on an expectation of 275. So again, these are uh, signs that the employment picture is getting better. Uh, we are healing uh, and uh, we are pre getting pretty close to pre-pandemic levels. I, I think I looked at that a few months ago. It's right around 220, 225. Uh, so that, you know, when we get there, it's like we're back, right? So it's, it's heading that direction. Read an interesting article about Kroger. Uh, Kroger, if you don't know, is a grocery store uh, operator. Uh, what you may not know is they do not have a physical location, at least a store that you and I could walk into, in Florida. However, they are taking on the entrenched grocery provider, which I think is Publix, Publix, something like that. Don't have it here in California. Anyways, they are doing it differently. They are basically creating monster warehouses filled with robots and then having delivery drivers. So they are not having a physical location where you drive to get the shopping cart. Instead, they are building warehouses. Each of these warehouses are not cheap. They are about $55 million to get up and running, but they are testing a very unique idea. And, uh, it, you know, early signs are it is working. This is a sign to Kathy Wood's point. Kathy Woods is an extremely powerful and uh, great investor. Uh, this is what she's talking about, technology, automation leading to deflation. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again here. I think she's a little early on how fast this automation and technology, not only for groceries, but across our economy, could be rolled out and scaled. Uh, but again, yes, uh, for those of you that ask me all the time, 
Can technology or automation lead to deflation? Sure. Uh, but for me, it's three, four years down the line. You need, you need more than a simple test case to make it happen. And it takes years to get these things up and running and to scale. Uh, so that thought that was pretty interesting. Well, it happened. We now know that the Fed is tapering. Uh, free money is the, the era of free money lasted 20 months. Uh, the Fed is going to slowly extract itself from the system. They're taking $10 billion less in treasuries and $5 billion less in mortgage-backed securities. I did the math, and it says it's going to take them about eight months to extract themselves from this. So where does eight months start from November? That puts us in June. Lo and behold, we have a July Fed rate increase. I called that over a year ago. Yes! We'll see if it happens. Because again, lots of things could happen. The economy could slow down. We will likely get a new Fed president. If you watched the video yesterday with Anna, Kelly, and I, that is something that I think. So we'll see. New Fed president could either go faster or stop. Lots of things could happen there. So uh, that is interesting. But again, the era of free money uh, is over. It's been 20 months long. Um, you know, It will be slowly extracted with rates rising from here. Interesting comments from the Fed, specifically Jerome Powell. Uh, inflation now is expected to last well into next year. All I've got to say is no duh. Really? Really? Oh, man, crazy. Uh, next, inflation is expected to rise. Rise. That's a dirty four-letter word for inflation. Rise into the fall of 2022. Anybody see that coming? That is uh, a clear admission that uh, inflation is not transitory. Uh, it is frankly, it is going to get worse. And I've been, I've been kind of telling you that because when I look at the breakdown, the data that I see in reality is not in the data, the most obvious being rent equivalent. And yeah, I, I've been telling you for quite some time that I expect inflation to rise into next year, calling 8, 9, 10%. And now this is about CPI. PCE will probably be 6, 7%. Again, 40-year records for these numbers. So yeah, I thought, uh, I don't think there's enough people talking about it that Jerome Powell said, and I quote, I expect inflation to rise, rise. He didn't say remain high or elevated. He said, Expects inflation to rise into the fall or mid-2022. Yeah, inflation is a tax. It hurts all of us. However, if you're following one rental at a time, you know by now how you can use inflation. Use inflation. I'm actually signing a rate in term refi today at 1230, so my Three amigos will be pushed back a half hour to one. So thanks, Dion and Matt, for being flexible. But yes, um, I'm taking a five and a quarter loan down to three and a half. Because again, I want 30-year money as long as I can. And if I can get a three and a half, 30-year money in an environment where I think inflation is running north of six, I win. So... If you're following this, you're doing the work in the channel. Remember, I have this amazing course with thousands of members, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. 
it's frankly, if you haven't bought it yet, it's time to buy it. The course is going to go up. I have amazing content creators adding more content heading into the end of the year. So the price will go up January 1st. I'm giving you two months uh, to, to pull the trigger. I would tell you to pull the trigger now because you could start learning the market in the slow period, Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's amazing what you can learn when buyers retreat for the holidays. And again, you know you're going to buy it anyway. Might as well buy it now and start doing the work. I'm paying a lot of attention to what's going on in China. I think they are going through an era which really could be stagflation. It could really hurt the world economy. Uh, but yes, food prices in China rose every week of October. This is a problem. Because again, remember, what do I do on this channel? I follow the consumer, the, the individual, the family, the mom, the dad, the kids. And here's the deal. Right now in China is a bad time. Uh, I got the numbers here. 70 to 80% of the wealth in China is in real estate. And it's not income. It's just like a frozen asset, right? Because they don't rent them out. Well, you're living under a rock if you don't know real estate values are going to fall in China and probably fall significantly. So what happens? Ask yourself this simple question. You woke up one morning and you were 30% less wealthy for no fault of your own. Just some black swan event came out and whatever you have is worth 30% less. You're probably nervous because you're afraid that a 30% drop would be a 40% drop. So what do you do? As we talked about a week ago, you stop going to Starbucks. Remember what Starbucks said. Second, you start to see inflation in food like vegetables. Well... You cut back again. This is, this is, I really think China's going to have a negative GDP print. I don't know. Their numbers are uh, centrally managed. So who knows if they'll actually print it, but it is going to be a bad, bad time. And there will be worldwide ramifications. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see where all of that goes. Uh, and again, there is another, This I told you this was coming. Evergrande was not the Lehman moment. It was simply a series of dominoes. We have another, I think this is the eighth or ninth property developer in China not paying its bills. This one is called Keisha, K-A-I-S-A. -A. I'll call it Keisha. Uh, again, they are in a cash crunch. Folks, every property developer in China is going to be in a cash crunch in the next 90 days. Every single one. The property development space, it doesn't matter if it's China Canada, Australia, the U.S., wherever it is. It is a debt business. It is a free cash flow business. Guess how they pay their bills? They have to be selling units. What is not happening in China today? They are not selling units. Remember Evergrande was down like 97%, or maybe it was 93. I think it was 93%. This is going on across the board. There is not a single property developer in China that is immune to this. They all have been running on debt. They all have tried to get free cash flow from selling units. No one is buying. They're toast. Not a good idea. So again, it is very interesting. And again, it'll be interesting to see when China starts reporting October numbers. Because I think they will be... I think they're going to be frightening. They're just frightening. So again, something else to think about. Again, I've talked about this a couple of times. There's a huge supply chain problem. No kidding. Uh, but one thing you have to think about, 
and I shared with you, you before, right now the supply chain is so wonky, you actually have companies double and triple ordering. That works until it doesn't. Eventually those double and triple orders will end up in waves of inventory. I don't know when it happens. It's probably a year away, but there is a reality. There is a downside to double and triple ordering. It's just going to come. The question is when and when that happens. I've uh, been reading, reading about Invitation Homes, right? Invitation Homes is somebody we talked about probably six months ago when they did that little test run. I think it was in Texas where they bought a 120-unit new development, I think, from Pulte. Well, it looks like in the last year, so what is this? No, this, this year, so 10 months, 20%, percent of all of their acquisitions were new construction. That's very interesting on so many levels. A, they can make new construction cash flow. I can't. They can. Two, uh, they're taking 20 per, you know, whatever their acquisition is, that's coming off the owner market. And three, their repairs are probably going down, right? Their reserves, their capital expenses. I buy old houses. Old houses break. Invitation Homes is probably... I don't know what it is. So like if Invitation Homes average age was 40 years, because maybe you know over the last years they were buying older homes, they do a couple of years of this. They're going to take that average age and it's going to become 25 and 18. It's really going to help their capital structure, I think. Remember tomorrow, folks, please play along with me. Please play along. Get ready for a comment. I want to see where your mind's at. Tomorrow, most important number of the week, job creations for October. The expectation is 450. I have personally called 500. We're calling 500K. Are you going to take the over or the under for 500K? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stay on the over. Generally speaking, I am optimistic. If you want to put a number in, please do. We got a couple of two, we got a 250 here. We got an over. So again, thank you for playing along. Again, this is uh, this is fun. So leave your comments below. We'll know in about 24 hours and. Uh, yeah, I'll own it, right? Because I'm picking the number 500 and I will sit here and take the over. If I had to pick a number off the top of my head, total wild guess, I'm going to say 537. Let's see. More signs that the uh, supply chain is broken. Nintendo, if you are a parent and you have a kid who likes video games, you need to pay attention to the following. If you had planned to buy a Nintendo Switch, I really don't know what that is. I think it's a handheld game. Nintendo Switch, they cannot meet demand. So if you are a parent and you are working with Santa Claus and you want to get a Switch, go get it now. Nintendo is saying they can't meet all the demand that they have because, of course, chips. Lastly, let's talk about the real estate slowdown. I had a conversation with Anna Kelly about this and others, so let's just remind you what is happening right now so you are not scared by some of these other channels. Real estate is a supply-demand business, and a real estate slowdown happens on both sides, supply and demand. First, supply. Sellers, owners. Owners are people. Their house is probably the most expensive thing they have, probably where most of their wealth is. Sellers are human beings, and when they see their neighbor get a crazy price and multiple offers, they most of the time think theirs, and they go higher. Sellers are probably also like Zillow, where they are planning for appreciation. 
silly, silly man. So again, they set unrealistic expectations. It's worth 300, they list it 340, for example. Next, we also are seeing rates rise, which will impact demand, right? We got a supply kind of frothy. We have demand being hit with rate rise. We do have buyer burnout. Lots of buyer burnout. There is going to be less activity between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It happens every year. It's seasonal. You can predict it. We're getting less answers from banks. They are very, they're actually tightening at this moment. What happens next is inventory builds. Yes, folks, I think we're at 1.28 million na nationwide inventory will build heading into next year. Next, days on market. Days on market will rise nationally and they will rise in your cities. Next, you will have price drops and then you will have inventory leave the market. Let me explain. Some sellers who think their house again is worth 340 and it's worth 300. One of two things will happen after 30 or 45 days. One, they will say, the market doesn't get it. My house is special. We will just stay here. They will take their market, they will take their house off the market. They'll just stay put. Two, they will take a price cut. Maybe from 340, they will go to 320 or 325 or whatever. But you will see an increase in price cuts. Price cuts do not mean a deal. If the house is worth 300 and you're at 340 and you take it to 329, it's still not a deal. Remember what I asked you for you're one of my students and followers. I want you to start playing with your spreadsheet. I want you to understand what kind of price cut you could offer to increase your yield 1%. The land of paying list price is over. As we roll into the Thanksgiving to Christmas period, you, the buyer, have power. Use it. You do not need to do every deal. You should do the great deals. Get comfortable with offering less. If your yield is 6%, what price do you have to offer to make it 7 These are all things you learn in the course. Get comfortable with it. This is an amazing time. The market is finally turning in your favor. And perhaps... This is the reason I would fire the CEO of Zillow. Just, you're, you're fired for saying something this stupid. The CEO of Zillow said, and I quote, Turns out, predicting housing prices is tough. Really? Really? The fact that you think you can predict housing prices and the fact that you used models and assumed appreciation in your buying of assets shows you how stupid, naive, idiotic, and the fact that the money wasn't yours. You borrowed money, you issued bonds, you got drunk on cash. Yes, you have $4.7 billion in cash, but that doesn't give you a reason to be stupid. If you are flipping, and I, I've personally flipped just under 60 homes in three years. I have flippers on this channel. I have flippers in my book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Investors. If you are making an assumption that appreciation is going to bail you out, you're both, you're just, you're dumb. You should do ARVs on today. In fact, you may want to do ARVs minus 5% or 3%. You only do great deals. 
You don't look at a house and go, oh my God, it'll go up 7% during my hold period. We can pay more than anybody else. This is why real estate agents across the country were ecstatic to sell to Zillow. They think a house is worth $390. Zillow pays $417. Zillow is dumb. CEO needs to be fired. The fact that you are predicting and including appreciation in your flipping model is beyond idiotic. Just dumb. So in the end, folks, have a wonderful day. It is Thursday. Uh, make it a good one. Uh, we do have, uh, hopefully, Jonathan Twomley up, and then we have the CEO of Hemlane on, and, of course, the three amigos uh, later today. So a wonderful day here at One Rental at a Time. Again, what makes One Rental at a Time special is daily consistency and the fact that I bring on 8, 9, 10 multimillionaires to talk about topics that care to you. Not a one-man show. This channel is definitely made up of all our wonderful experts. So if that's important to you, subscribe, comment, thumbs up, have a wonderful day.